Um, I do find my periods uh, debilitating. I have dysmenorrhea. I know women Which is who, very heavy bleeding. Very heavy bleeding, very painful bleeding. And I know women who have endometriosis, and it's something that severely affects these women's lives um, once a month, every month. So I wouldn't say it's a stereotype. I'd say it's something that really does need attention. attention. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Period Sis, brought to you by the official box owner. I'm your girl, Mandy B, and I am excited to get right back into Tales of Womanhood with yet another journey, another story. Um, we're talking about periods yet again, but this is um, a diagnosis in which we haven't talked about. But not only that, we normalize painful and heavy periods so much that we may not know that we are actually suffering um, from a diagnosis in which maybe we have not yet been diagnosed. Um, many of you may have not went to school or may have called off of work because of such a painful period. And in this week's episode, I'm joined by Kenzie to share her experience of not only a misdiagnosis, but also waiting um, well into her 40s before really, really looking into why her periods were causing her so much pain, why the clots were so massive. Um, and even wait until you find out what she thought was a period was not. Um, again, guys, it's another tale of womanhood for women by women. Please enjoy. Enjoy, 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 enjoy. Welcome to another episode, guys, of Period Sis. I'm so excited today. I am joined today by Kenzie, who is a host of the So Podcast. She is also native to Canada. I'm excited. She reached out to, to me during a DM um, and shared this story. And guys, I'm going to be asking questions right along, hopefully, with y'all as she mentions her journey and what she's gone through. Because here we go again, guys, talking about the painful reality and messy um of of the goddamn period hi kenzie hey mandy and i want to preface this by saying i know you're not a blood person you already know and now i feel like oh here go more blood blood. hard girl So I guess let's start it off. Guys, uh, Kenzie DM'd me and let me know not only of her painful experience, but with a misdiagnosis of something that many of us may have never heard of, just like myself. Um, So Kenzie, before we do the deep dive into what you were diagnosed with, can we go into what led you into getting a checkup with your doctor and exactly how painful and almost abnormal your, your periods have been? Okay, so it didn't always start that way like I didn't have painful periods all my life um but I would say maybe like four years ago they were super painful but more than that they were like heavy so four years ago just because I told you before we started recording you do sound young let's give an idea of of maybe your age range if you don't want to share your age I mean you do you sound young but what uh, around what age are you now I sound and look young but I'm gonna own it I'm 44 okay so this is something that started happening um when you entered your 40s that your periods became unnaturally heavy maybe even a little before that because like every other woman out there I ignored it for a long time ah okay so maybe maybe even six years. 
Okay. So you just had heavy and painful periods. No, like heavy. What is heavy then? Let's talk about what is the difference between maybe normal and heavy? What was Um, heavy for you? And it progressed. And then it also went away. So there's like a timeline with that. But heavy, like closer to the end when I knew something was really wrong, I was filling pads in an hour. Oh, yeah, that's heavy. Overnight pads, like it got to where I had to wear two pads at a time. And then there were, sorry, sorry, people, clots, like clots. Like the ones we saw and I may destroy you, huh? Yeah. No, I'm not. Wow. So so you were getting, so you had an excessive amount of bleeding and then you noticed that you were clotting. So you took this to your doctor, correct? Well, I wasn't exactly good with this. So a lot of us aren't. No. And that's why I want to talk about it. Because when you first, you talk to your friends, right? Right. And everyone has bad period stories. So then you like talk to your friends and like, oh yeah, girl, my period's heavy. Or yeah, girl, like you're not the only one. It's probably endometriosis or, you know, the common ones. So I lived with it a little longer than I should have. Um, but when it got out of control, what I did do here in Canada, well, I guess there too, you guys have walk-in clinics? We do, yes. Because healthcare is free. So I just went to a walk-in clinic because it was getting so bad, like I couldn't work properly. You know what I mean? I'll be I'll be honest with you too. It is actually kind of uh, surprising to hear that although you are in Canada yeah. with free healthcare, that you still hesitate going to the doctor because I think a lot of us here in in the U.S. maybe don't because of the cost of it or health insurance and so the idea that it's free in Canada and it you know it still took you some time to go to the doctor to me is is actually shocking to hear not only that but like my mom's a nurse my sister's a nurse I think what it really was outside of just listening to friends I already feel like the doctor's not going to believe me Mm. You know what I mean? And that's we'll progress with this story. But I think that's what it was, too. Like, you just feel like I'm going to go. They're going to tell me take Tylenol. They're not going to want to treat me. So, like, let me just do it myself. Okay, so what was your first experience then? Like, what made you actually go? Like, let me go get this treated. Because, like, my period came and it didn't leave. For how long? I think, like. 15 days like two weeks like heavy oh wow unmanageable so I finally went and told them to the walk-in and told the doctor like listen my period's been here for like two to three weeks I can't deal with this so what they ended up doing was giving me a pill um that they give to like hemophiliacs because they did an exam and they were like no like yeah they could see that these periods were excessive. Mm-hmm. So they gave me, I'm just trying to, it's called transexamic acid. Okay. So if anyone wants to look that up, basically all it does is stop you bleeding. Wait, and that's what they, that's yeah. what they, they did? Did they ask for a follow-up? Did no. they ask to run more tests? They told me it was a temporary fix and I should go to my doctor. Okay, so you did go to your doctor, correct? After and did the pill actually help? Did it stop your period? It stopped my period completely, like maybe okay. after three doses. Okay. 
And I wish I could say, yeah, I went to my doctor, but I didn't. Okay. It stopped. And then what happened, Mandy, is my period stopped. So after I took the pill, like the following month, my period was gone. And that that was alarming to you as well, right? No. <laughs> it wasn't. You were just, you were actually happy then yes. that it was gone. It's like, I'm not going to sit here and say I took the best care of myself, but that's part of my story. Is But like, it's also a part of so many people's stories. So I don't even want you to sit here and okay. feel shame at all in how you dealt with this. Because um, I, I think that this is one of the reasons why I have this show. I mean, I just recently had a conversation, even in, in, in terms of of what you put inside of you every month for your period. We know that it irritates us. And we literally have normalized a lot of these conversations about just not feeling right down there. We've normalized painful periods, which they shouldn't be normalized. We've normalized, you know, not really being able to know, is this a normal period or an abnormal period? Because we honestly don't even have the conversations or aren't giving the education at a young age to be able to tell the difference. Right. And I like you said, we're in denial too. We, of course, because I mean, let's be real. We all have sex, right? We have unprotected sex. And even sometimes we get nervous about knowing we could be at risk of catching something. And when we go to the doctor, even to get tested, it's just like, Oh, we know we could hear bad news. And that's the thing. Just as human beings, we don't want to hear bad news. But even worse, none of us want to hear that our that our pussies could be broken. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I actually say like, this story when I refer back to it is my period tried to kill me. Like that's how I refer to it. Uh, so fast forward, I guess, right? So it yes. stopped and it stopped for like months. And then it slowly started to come back. Like every month it was heavier and heavier. So I ran into that problem again where it wouldn't go away. Um, um, sorry, I'm trying to think if I want to mention something. Okay. No, no so problem. at the time I was also in a relationship with someone and I had gotten pregnant, which was okay. sh- shocker, but I had a miscarriage. Okay. And again, women experience that. And I am sorry that you had to experience that, you know? No, I wasn't going to keep it. I never wanted more kids. Okay. <laughs> so one. you, so, so you had a miscarriage and then what did that start? I bring that the- up to say that my miscarriage looked like my heavy periods. Ah. So I didn't know I was having a miscarriage. I just thought, oh, the problem's back again. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And so you know, you knew that it was a miscarriage. How? Was it something that you, did you actually the go back to the doctor? Bigger, and then I had to go to the emergency room and they told me you're having a miscarriage. So that again, like, and I'm fine because I didn't really want that baby. Sorry. (laughs) No, I I mean, I actually say it often and it's it's almost, again, just a kind of a a form of guilt because having these conversations, you know, so many women that just can't have them. Yeah. Um, Or for whatever reason, you know, even though they're trying, it's not happening. So I do trust me, especially in the context of now being respectful to other women. Yeah, absolutely. I I understand how insensitive it can be, but also as, as women, thankfully we do have, we do have choices now. The reason I said that is because I had a kid really early. So I had a kid when I was 18 
And I knew then that I didn't want any more kids. And as I got older, I would go to my gynecologist and say, I want my tubes tied. And they would tell me, not before you're 25. And then I'd reach 25. And they'd be like, well, you're not married. So you might change your mind. Wait till you're 30. And I would reach 30. And they still wouldn't do it. Like, it's hard to get them to tie your tubes. And it I, really is. Yeah, my 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 mom actually has hers done. And I remember um, that even being a conversation. I was like, well, I don't want any kids. So uh, maybe I should just get mine tied. And it's uh, a conversation where even when being in the doctor, they've right. said, well, actually, we don't suggest that until you've had at least two children, there two. Like, they won't do it until after two children. And not okay. being insensitive to people that need want kids and can't have them but when you know as a woman that you don't like it's kind of crazy that a doctor can make a decision for you so i bring that up in the context for two reasons number one i, I didn't even realize i was having a miscarriage my periods were that heavy and number two like i feel like i was in this situation because they refuse to tie my tubes. Do you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have right. been having this miscarriage if I had ownership over my own decisions. I and I even when we just sat and and talked about that, I didn't even think about that. Right. Had had they not sat there and felt the need to make that decision for you and let you make the decision you wanted, I 100% agree that this wouldn't be an experience that would have been a part of your story. No. And I think that also leads back to my not wanting to go to the doctor because like I'm used to them not listening to me, mm. especially as black women. Like now the statistics show that more than any other demographic we're the least paid attention to in the medical world. Right. So fast forward, I had my miscarriage and then um, again, my period went away Okay. after that. And then again, so like ramped up again. So let's say this is the final time and it was so bad that like now I'm not even filling pads in an hour. I'm filling them like every half hour. I'm calling off work. I can't go in because I can't even sit and do my work. Right. So it got so bad, though. Oh, so the time before this, I did go to a gynecologist. And well, no, I went to my doctor finally when okay. the periods came back. And sorry, I'm getting the timeline a little all over the place. But okay. I went to my doctor. My doctor said, so here in Canada, it changed. Getting a gynecologist, like waiting for one would have taken months. And because I was having an issue now, my doctor told me go to urgent care, which is like one step before an emergency room. Yep. So we I have urgent in- cares here. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, girl. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. I get it. You in another country. <laughs> I used to live in Ohio, but so I know, but whatever. Gotcha. No so, problem. Um, I went to urgent care, sat there all day. And the other thing is like, when I'm sick, I don't look sick. Like, I've always gotten that. People are like, you're sick? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It tastes yeah, yeah. anywhere from... 
five to 10 visits to doctors, even different doctors at that, before most women will get diagnosed. And even in the diagnosis, sometimes it'll take um, multiple visits and multiple care plans for them to actually get resolution of their pain. So much so that some women are actually afraid to tell their doctor, what you were trying for me is not worth worth worth. Anyways, so I finally saw the doctor and the doctor basically was like, well, it's just your period. So take some Tylenol. At that point, I was so frustrated because I'm like, you're not listening to me. This is not right. just a period. I filled like a whole bag of pads while I was waiting for you to see me. I went to my doctor and my doctor told me to come here. So Mandy, this is important. I had to advocate for myself for him to take me seriously. Like I wanted to cuss him. Sorry. I wanted to tell him off. No, it's fine. It's fine. But I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's okay to be frustrated when you feel like you're not being heard, specifically by a doctor. Absolutely. Like, because for him to just kind of shrug it off and say, oh, it's just your period. Like, it is okay. And for anyone listening, if you know something is not right there, like, like, it is okay to advocate for yourself. And if you have to get belligerent for someone to hear you, that is okay. Absolutely. But in my head, I also thought... I have to advocate strongly for myself in a way that's not going to get me arrested because yes, as a black woman, you know, they see passion as aggression. And so like, that's crazy that I'm almost like bleeding out to death here. And I still have to control myself to get help in a place that's built for help. Mm. Right. So I don't know, something clicked. And he said, well, one of my colleagues is like one of the best gynecologists in the area. So I'm, I'll refer you to her. So he did. Awesome. And so how soon after this did you go and meet with this gynecologist? Okay. So you still had to go through two weeks of not knowing what was going on with your body. So, so you I- go to this gynecologist. Can, can you explain maybe what your experience was like? And this was a woman, correct? Yes. Okay. So this woman, she basically looked at me as a black woman and said, it's probably fibroids. We're going to do all the tests, most likely because of your age and your ethnicity. It's probably fibroids. So we'll send you out to do all those tests. Right. Mm -hmm. So we did all those tests, come back. No fibroids, no polyps, no endometriosis, nothing. So she couldn't tell me why, but she suggested that it was a hormone issue. So she either said you could go on birth control or you could take an IUD. I wasn't happy about either of those because you're telling me nothing's wrong and you're giving me a Band-Aid and I know something's wrong. Uh. Right? So I like... I don't know if things change with birth control, but growing up, I always heard like women over a certain age, it's, it can affect you more like your heart and stuff. If you go on birth control, right. So why would I go on birth control for life? And I didn't (sighs) want an IUD because like, this is bad, but like, you know, those people like when they say, oh, uh, the side effects will only affect 2% of the population. 
you felt like you would be that 2%. Girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny because I actually, uh, you know, had the recent conversation regarding birth control with, with, with my partner now and looking at all of the statistics and the, the, what, what could and cannot happen or how I could have be affected with the hormones. Yeah. I decided I did not want to put my body through that. Right. Um, and so of course me and my partner just had to have the adult conversation about, you know, what would happen, what could happen, what if it happens and to go about taking all other precautions of being safe. But when it came to that, I was just like, I do not want to put this in my body. Right. And you have to understand, I want to be able to be in full control of my emotions right. or my feelings or how I react. Or I, I want to be able to feel like I have some sort of control of my skin. Exactly. I want to feel like I have some sort of control of my weight. And, and, and with birth control, you literally lose. almost lose the power for a lot of those things. Yes. So I understand you not wanting immediately to, to use this as, you know. So I, after saying all that, I did. <laughs> so because I was like, I, I can't live with these periods, but I didn't right. want to, but I didn't want to do the IUD. So I got the patch, like, you know, the birth control patch. So more fast forward that it, Solved the issue, but again, they told me nothing was wrong with me. Just have heavy periods. So the period, like without going through everything, it started happening again, even though I was using birth control. Oh, wow. So okay. I stopped using the birth control and then it got to the point where I couldn't work and I would not go to the doctor because I thought they would just tell me nothing was wrong. I was like living in my room not leaving and trying not to move because I felt like every time I moved, you know, when you have your period and you stand up and you feel a gush. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I know you don't like blood girl. Um, you hear? Yeah. You feel a gush. I yes. Know. But so I was really just, I don't know what I thought was going to happen. And I think I was suffering with a little bit of depression, which was like affecting my ability to make decisions for myself. So basically my sister, who's a nurse saw me, and like my lips are red naturally, um, but like my face was gray, like even my lips were gray. I was losing so much blood. So oh, she, wow. yeah. So she threatened me and told me, either you come to the doctor with me today, or I'm gonna call the ambulance. So you chose to, you went to the doctor, and and I do want to preface this is this is you leading into this affecting you so so badly at this point you do end up having to get a blood transfusion right. correct so i went to the doctor the same one she told me don't go to urgent care go to emergency room but one in the area that's better so i went to the emergency room they took one look at me and you know how usually you have to sit and wait yeah no. they just knew filled me in um put all the inform like all the iuv what do you call them? UV. IVs. Yeah, IV. Sorry. <laughs> UV rays. They put the UV rays. Sorry. I'm joking. Um, and this gynecologist that was working in the hospital ended up becoming my gynecologist. She took me seriously. They did a blood check. So obviously, if you're bleeding, you're losing iron and your hemoglobin is affected. Yes. So what they when I first got there, their standards, right? So if your hemoglobin hits 80, 
I think you're, it's supposed to be in the hundreds, right? But if your hemoglobin hits 80, you are a candidate for a blood transfusion. When I got there, I was at 79. So, oh, wow. So they gave me um, progesterone in an IV. What the doctor said was she was going to try to make the bleeding stop and see if that affected my hemoglobin. So I was there for like three hours. In that time, I was still bleeding, even though I was getting an IV medicine to stop it. It wouldn't stop it. My hemoglobin went down to 60. They gave me You a were blood losing chance. blood that quickly. Girl, like, and that's the thing. Even in the hospital, like, I heard the nurses say, oh, she's here for her period. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, but but that's that's what's even more crazy. The fact that even the nurses or anyone around understands that women come in (laughs) because of their monthly cycle. And the fact that we are just supposed to take it as, as normal. Because everyone has a period. So every woman is like, girl, just suck it up. Just suck it up. Which is, I mean, it's even, I mean, and I'll be honest. I was one of those that when my friends didn't come to school and when I called them and they just let me know it's because they were on their periods, I I could not and did not understand, you know, how we both have the same thing. We both bleed monthly and yours is so bad that you can't come to school or you can't come to work. I, I, I was a woman who was also naive to where I didn't understand how something that we all get, we all get a monthly, we all knew we were going to get it. We, we've been having it for, you know, since we were eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, how it could be something that we just don't know how to deal with yet. Yeah. Like, shouldn't you be used to it by now? But that's <laughs> an right. indication that something is wrong. Like if it's unmanageable, right. But that's also what stops you from getting help. So the nurses were like not really helping me. Like I was wearing diapers at this point and my sister's a nurse. So she, she was there like helping me to go to the bathroom. And I know you don't like blood, but I just need to say like, I was passing serious clots. Like that one time I passed one after I used the bathroom and I fainted. So that's and when so they- the, these clots though, you're, you're feeling them. Yeah, leave girl. you. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that's why I brought up earlier the miscarriage, because it was very similar to that. Wow. So so they're running these tests at this point. You're here. The nurses aren't helping you much, but your sister is. Um, at what point did you receive a diagnosis and what was that diagnosis? Okay, so I ended up staying in the hospital for like two days until they got my hemoglobin. Two days for your period. Like, oh. I know the women listening are like, okay, it's your period. You stayed two days in the hospital no because of your period. Two days. Got you. And like my sister had to leave. So at one point I was feeling better because the medicine was finally working. But like I was on my way to the bathroom myself and one of the clots like dropped out. And the nurse was in the room and she was like, that's what you're passing. So when she thought she finally started to be around more to help me. Anyway, she realized it wasn't just a period. So my hemoglobin came back up. Um, The gynecologist that was on call, I asked her because of she was also a woman of color. 
I have to say, she was different than any other doctor I'd ever, ever met. She was explaining things. She told me what it could be. She, she made sure that I understood what she was doing. So I straight up asked her, are you accepting patients? Because she told me our job in the hospital is just to get you better so you could leave, but it's not gonna, we can't find out what's wrong. So then moving ahead, I had an appointment with her in like two weeks, did the same battery of tests. And she's the one who diagnosed me with endomyosis. And this is what exactly? So it is, it's andiomyosis, sorry. So it's It's very similar to endometriosis, but basically the lining of your uterus, right? So we know what a uterus looks like. Mm -hmm. You have a lining that sheds every month, right? That's how come you get your period. Behind the lining is a muscle, And the muscle was growing through my uterus lining. Wow. So it was not able to to shed properly. And it wasn't recognizing uh, like when to stop, basically. So the muscle of your uterus. So the the muscle then, did it affect then... um you know, your ovulation and everything happening. It just wasn't aware of when to stop at that point. It just doesn't know when to stop. No. Mm. And like I had to do like a uterine, what do they call it? Like to make sure it wasn't cancer because it looks, cancer in your uterus looks like this as well. Like heavy bleeding, very painful. But yeah, after that, she's like, oh, you have andiomyosis. And what are the treatments? So... When you Google it, you'll see that the main treatment out there is a hysterectomy. And I didn't want to get a hysterectomy. My doctor. And wait, a hysterectomy, that's not for men? No, girl. The, a hysterectomy is where they take out your uterus. Oh. Yeah. Am I saying oh. it right? I, so a hysterectomy, I thought, was like a... Uh, like what it was like for men to take um to not be able to have babies anymore um i don't think so i don't really know look see y'all listen we're just sharing our stories here on his history no i'm pretty sure it's your uterus oh and your oh maybe you want to go oh you're right look i was wrong i was wrong Okay, so again, guys, we learned it right here. So guys, a hysterectomy is an operation to actually remove the uterus. This surgery may be done for different reasons, including uterine fibroids that cause pain, bleeding, and other problems, problems, uterine prolapse, which is a sliding of the uterus from its normal position into the vaginal canal, um, or cancer of the uterus. So yeah, this is definitely um, one of the most common surgeries that you may do. But of course, um, as you know, with the removal of your uterus, that removes any chance of you being able to hold a baby. So I did want to talk to you. Have you gone through any treatments to see if you are actually able to conceive? I know you had the miscarriage, but um, with this now diagnosis, did they add that you may have an infertility issue or an issue that with conceiving? That was one of the, the things. And I think, don't quote me, but 
for your listeners, I'm pretty sure the only other person I heard talk about andiomyosis is Gabrielle Union. I think that's what was affecting her, why she couldn't have kids. I'm pretty sure. So, okay, but not 100%. So Google it. But yeah, that's what they told me. I didn't want to do a hysterectomy, though, because I'm pretty sure a hysterectomy also takes out your fallopian tubes. Mm. And that can affect your hormone levels, right? And I didn't want, like, my quality of life. And then my gynecologist is so good. She was like, the treatment should step up. Like, you shouldn't go right to the top, which is hysterectomy. You're not that bad yet. Right. And something um, that I also just looked up regarding um, adenomyosis. Andiomyosis, adenomyosis. Y'all, it's going to be in the description of this episode. Yes. Again, guys, a heavy period. No, yeah. I'm just playing. No, for real. But, um, that's what it is. But and something that's interesting about it is while it's not fatal, mm-hmm. the symptoms are likely to go away after menopause, um, which also makes sense, of course, because we know that with menopause comes normally the elimination of a period. Right. Um, and that's the thing that sucks, though. You're now 44. Um, but there's no exact say, age of menopause. Right. But Mandy, the thing is, because it's little known and they're doing more research, they used to think that it only affected older women. And like myself, I said, I don't want any more kids, so why not just get a hysterectomy? But now they're showing it's happening in more younger women. It's just not being diagnosed till later because they're thinking it's fibroids. They're thinking it's endometriosis. So to go to the treatment that I chose... It was a uterine ablation. Okay. So again, because- And the uterine ablation is, can you explain what what that was? So it's a day surgery and they take a laser, like it's laparoscopic. So they put it up there and a laser lasers out the entire lining of your uterus. Mm. So it doesn't affect your hormones, but you- it does affect fertility, correct? Yes. So you can okay. no longer, like you can get pregnant, but now if you do, you could die, basically. Oh, Jesus. So then she hit me with, but it was easy. It was day surgery. I was off work for six weeks and I was not in nearly as much pain as my periods. Oh, but still a month and a half of being off of work. Again, that's the thing too. Um, Canada. A lot of, you know, a lot of people can't afford to take six weeks off of work. I mean, there's just so many things involved in terms of your health. And I think that that's what scares people too. Outside of the cost that could accrue, um, you literally, with any sort of diagnosis that requires surgery, you could be out of work, which also then becomes a cost to you. Yeah. Um, so I understand. So uh, I- I'm glad that you finally, you know, took heed of your own health and decided, you know, to go to the doctor. I guess something that I always like to leave off before, uh, you know, leaving my guests mm-hmm. is to give advice. So for any woman listening mm-hmm. um, that may have received the same, you know, it's just your period. What advice would you give to a woman who may be experiencing a painful or an abnormally heavy flow period? What would be your advice to them? Absolutely. Black women, especially. You need to advocate for yourself. Learn that it's okay to challenge the doctor. 
he doesn't know everything or she doesn't know everything. And if they're not taking you seriously, keep going until you find a doctor that will. And it do- it's a headache, but living with the pain, I lived with it too long. I should have advocated for myself earlier. And you eventually will find a doctor that will take you seriously. Number two, ask around. So many people after I had this told me very similar stories. And once it happened to me, I like made three of my friends go to this doctor. Like, And they had similar, not the same, but similar experiences. But at least they had a doctor that listened and would investigate. Right. Even though the cost is, it's not easy, especially in these times, like the cost of your health is worth it. There's no, I was about to say, there's nothing um, that I know I wouldn't give to continue to live um, and especially to continue to enjoy life. And the fact that this period became so unpaintful. You shouldn't have to live. And uncontrolled. Yeah, Yeah. you should. Right. But I was going to say too that, it also led to depression on yeah. your end at one point. It led to, you know, That's what I I, to I'm sure it affect, it can affect your relationship. Even your sister How are you did gonna be step in. Sex if, uh... if you, if you can't stop bleeding, <laughs> I mean, apparently people is running red light. So that ain't even right. <laughs> honestly, but still, if it's not for you, if that's not what you want to do, it could affect your relationships. Hey, y'all know it's work. not what I want to do. Right. So, so no, yeah. I appreciate uh, Kenzie, thank you for not only reaching out to me, but being brave enough and and removing the shame. I, f- I feel like that was even removed in parts during just this conversation. Um, but thank you for sharing, because, again, I know that although y'all know I hate blood, this is we've had quite a few period conversations now over here on period, sis. Um, but go ahead and, and please let my listeners know where they can find you and where they can listen to you on your podcast. Okay. So you can, our podcast is on Stitcher, Apple podcast, um, Spotify. And what's it about? It, T- tell the people too. So what it's there's about four the co-hosts. We are a little older. Um, and I found no one was talking to our demographic. Like I listen to you guys. I listen to you. I listen to the read, but sometimes not that we're old, because, but we still have a lot to say. And we're not talking down to anyone. Also, I do want to say, Americans, we're Black over here, too. (laughs) (laughs) And we have some stories that I think just add to the diaspora of Black people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there wasn't slavery over here, but where do you think the... Oh, no, that's not true. There was slavery here. And the combined experiences is it can only make you better. So we're funny. We're serious. We talk about life. We talk about and, learning and, and they have free healthcare y'all. So, you know, they, they is kind of talking down a, just a little bit. No, like, we do. No, we do. I'm just, <laughs> we don't have a know, lot better than I know, you, but the U S is the ghetto. I know. I get it. I get it. And look, we can't even go anywhere else because the rest of the world don't want us. The only place taking us now is Mexico. And our goddamn president was trying to build a wall to keep them out. I mean, you know how the wheels turn full circle. So you can find us at so. So that's three O's dot 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 podcast. So podcast. And you can find us at so underscore podcast on Instagram. And where can they find you, Kinsey? I'm also running... Instagram called the second round. So I don't know. I can send you the links, man, if you want. I just, yes, absolutely. That's all I'm trying. 
Well, absolutely. And guys, all of this information will be in the description of the episode. Kenzie, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. And guys, make make sure you stay tuned because um, I'm probably going to butcher some words during our stats and facts. But I am going to go ahead and continue talking about um, andiomyosis or end- endometriosis. <laughs> I, listen, it's a lot. But guys, it is also as well, your period, the thing that we battle every month. If you are a woman still battling with pains and heavy bleeding, again, please talk to your doctor, Kenzie, again. Thank you so much for joining me. And guys, make sure you stay tuned for stats and facts and some more information brought to you by the official box owner. Bye. Bye. Until you ask other women what their periods are like, you have no idea whether your period is normal or abnormal. And actually one in five women have abnormal uterine bleeding, have unusually long or heavy periods that can be so bad that it it keeps them home from work. It keeps them from being able to take care of their kids properly. And we need to take our health in our our own hands because other people depend on us as well. well. Hey guys. Thank you guys for saying for a little bit of stats and facts. I did want to correct as well our pronunciation of in of what Kenzie was diagnosed with it is actually adenomyosis so adenomyosis does occur when the tissue that normally lines the uterus grows into the muscular wall of the uter- uh, of the uterus um the displaced tissue continues to act normally um by thickening breaking down and bleeding during each menstrual cycle, but in an enlarged uterus and pain, but it does cause uh, painful and heavy periods. Um, again, guys, I love what Kinsey said. You have to advocate for yourself. Um, don't let anyone normalize you being in pain. I don't think that we should be in pain um, for going through what, our bodies just naturally go through. Again, this can be caused by what we're putting in our bodies monthly. Um, There could actually be a scientific, you know, reason why you are experiencing pain or abnormally heavy periods or blood clots that are, are, are so massive that it doesn't make sense. Advocate for yourself. And if you feel like it's not a natural period, make sure you go and get a second opinion. If you know, your gynecologist or your primary care doctor isn't trying to listen. Um, I really appreciate Kenzie for sharing her experience and also look the idea that she is receiving free health care and as a black woman still doesn't believe she's going to be listened to um it's really something that we do have to consider um and again advocating for your own health is very important so again I really hope that you guys enjoyed this week's episode of period sis make sure to stay tuned again weekly I'm bringing you tales of womanhood and yes we are going to butcher words We may not say everything correctly because this is a woman's journey. Um, While I am trying my best to bring on healthcare professionals, again, they don't always listen and they don't always have the answers. So nothing beats the experience of a woman being told by a woman who went through this and who lived through this. So again, guys, make sure you follow me 
everywhere. Um, that's at official box owner on Instagram. You can follow my personal page at full court pumps everywhere. And again, if you want to stay up with everything official box owner, don't forget to go on over to officialboxowner.com and join our mailing list. That is how you will know when we are dropping any new merch and also be sure to go ahead and support us over on Patreon. We're doing ladies night this week. Um, and you guys can listen back to the to the old Afterflow episodes. It's a Zoom chat where women, we talk about things that we're going through, things that maybe you may not know, things that you may not want to talk about with your family and friends. It's a safe space for women. So go ahead and join us. That's on Patreon at patreon.com backslash official box owner. Again, shout out to Kenzie for joining us and sharing her story this week. And until next time, that is on period. See you next week.